Amen. Praise the Lord for that beautiful song. Truly there is rest. You know, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, I think it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor, and I will give you rest. Amen. We can now rest. <laughs> all right. Don't sleep on me this afternoon. All right. So that song is just so mesmerizing, right? And it just makes us want to, you know, close our eyes and just uh, meditate on it. And then don't close your eyes too long because... <laughs> They're going to fall asleep. All right, so good afternoon, everyone. It's such a great opportunity once again uh, for me to be used by God, and it's all by His grace and His power. And I hope that everyone is, um, everyone has empty cup this afternoon. I hope that you are still thirsty and hungry uh, to listen to God's Word. So without further ado, let's um, get our Bibles and open it with me in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter Four verses 6 to 7, and I would like to request everyone to please stand. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. This is not a new verse, amen? Um, this is one of the many verses that a Christian, especially in our church, I believe a lot of times this has already been preached, this has already been recited, and um, it's still good to recite this verse. I think there is one point that this became our closing verse. In our church, be careful for nothing. So let's read the word of God all together. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. If you're there, ready? Let's read it all together. 6 and 7, ready, begin. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful time that we are here once again in your house of worship. And also um, to those who are worshiping with us virtually online, we also want to feel their presence. And I believe that your presence is with them because we believe that you are omnipresent. You are everywhere, Lord, as long as we're all together in this studying your word. And Lord, what matters in this life is um, to have your presence and power in our lives for us to be able to do your will. And I believe, Lord, that it is your will for us to um, always be joyful, to always be happy in this life, to experience the abundant life that you have promised us. And Lord, we thank Lord God because your word truly is full of encouragement. It is full of a lot of spiritual blessings. It is full of a lot of um, uh, inspirations and things that will truly uplift us. Lord, and I pray that you encourage us once again this afternoon. If there's someone who is down and weak and frailty, I pray that you strengthen them through your word, Lord. And I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. Anoint me. I am nothing without you, Lord. And just um, use our ears and our, um, our, our eyes to behold wonderful things um, out from your word today. This is all we pray in Christ's most precious name. Amen. And amen. You may now be seated. Thank you so much for... Uh, standing with me. All right, so the title of our message this afternoon, I am not going to go anywhere else, but we're just going to dive right into the message. Um, I'm thinking maybe we have heard about this message before, the problem of anxiety. The problem of anxiety. If you've noticed the title itself, it's like, it's just too much. If you're going to interchange those things, the problem of anxiety is problem already an anxiety, <laughs> or we can actually say the anxiety of a problem, <laughs> or 
You know, it's just too much with that title. You know, I believe every one of us here, um, even though you're a strong Christian, you're a matured Christian, I believe there's still a lot of times in our lives where we feel so worried about things, right? That's why um, it is a great encouragement to us from His Word. You know, God doesn't want us to you know, be worried about like so many things, be anxious about so many things in life. That's why we have His Word. That's one of the goals, that's one of the objectives, why God penned His Word for His children. You know, of course, this Word will lead us to um, our salvation, to heaven, but God's Word also, He is using His Word for us to be fed, for us to grow maturely, uh, for us to be, you know, uplifted, for us to be encouraged. For us to be enlightened, there are so many things the Word of God is teaching us. And yes, what about this week? Um, was there a time, was there a certain point in your life, like this week you felt like you don't want to get up in the morning? You know, it's so hard. Well, um, thank goodness because our weather is starting to get really nice. You know, before when it's like winter and it's cold, it's so hard to get up in the morning. I don't know how many times like your alarms are like, you know, set from, maybe you have alarm at like 6 o'clock, but you, don't, you, you doubt yourself you're going to get up like that time. So you have like 6 o'clock, you have 6.15, you have 6.30, you have 6.45, and you have 7 o'clock because... Just by, um, you know, going off that first alarm, it seems like it's so hard to get up because I just want to rest more. I just want to sleep more. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to continue with this life, you know? There are times that we experience that, right, in our lives. Truly, as long as we are in this flesh, we are going to get tired. We're going to get anxious. We're going to get worried about so many things. But let us look to the Word of God this afternoon. The problem of anxiety. You know, everyone is familiar with anxiety. You know, especially this time that we are experiencing this pandemic, it is a problem of epidemic proportions. Yet as prevalent as it is or as widespread as it is, you know, anxiety or worry is one of the most counterproductive things we can do. We mean, uh, what do we mean by counterproductive? Meaningless. You know, we spend so much time worrying and being anxious, but it's actually meaningless, it's hopeless, and it's weak. But we are doing it mostly every day in our lives. You know, it is an, there's an analogy that worry is like a rocking chair. It will give you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. Well, sometimes, you know, it's fun to, like, you know, go to that and use that and just, you know, relax. It's going to give you something to do, but actually, if you want to go somewhere, you won't ride that because it's not going to get you somewhere. Worry is a fast getaway on a wooden horse. It's the same thing. You know, when you ride that horse, wooden horse, if you want to go to some beautiful place, you're not going to get anywhere else. You know, that is worry. How should the Christian then approach the problem of worry? What can we do about it? You know, perhaps first, actually this afternoon, we only have two main points. And you heard the word main, so there, that means there's <laughs> sub-points, there's minor points. There's actually only two, understanding the problem and overcoming the problem. The first one is very um, important, and of course the second one is so important too. Understanding the problem. You know, just imagine, we have to know where we are first. You know, uh, during this time, I believe some of us are going to go somewhere else because the weather is getting nice now, and the Lambsons just came from Florida, and you know what Florida place is, a lot of like uh, theme parks and beautiful places, 
and I believe they really enjoy their time there. Um, well, we are thinking right now, oh, if the Lamsons were able to go there, maybe we can also do it because some of us are just so hesitant to go somewhere, you know, uh, during this time. But they went there. Um, I don't know the reason why, but I believe because it was booked already right even before this pandemic. And just want to, you know, enjoy life and have a great time with the family. But if you are in a theme park or in a certain park, what is the first thing you are going to look for? You're going to look for the map, right? Especially when you're new to the place. Okay, you're going to look for the map, you know, the, like, um, the geographical um, images where, um, you know, just like that. And the first thing that you're going to look for is the spot where it says, you are here, right? Okay, I thought it was a restroom. No, you are going to look for that first. You will look for where you are. Because you know what? You cannot get anywhere else unless you know where you are. Right? We have to know where we are. Now, once you know that where you are, now it's going to lead you to somewhere, like direction that you wanted to go. And understanding the problem will, know, will let us know where we are. Amen? So what is anxiety? Anxiety is distress and about future uncertainties. Anxiety is distress about future uncertainties. We are um, human beings that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen 5 o'clock today. We don't know what's going to happen after this, you know, this day or in a week, in a month, um, in years. We don't know. Only God knows. It is characterized by mental agitation and uneasiness. It may be mild or even severe. Some people just worry mildly. Some people are, you know, they're uh, taking it very, really hard. You know, it is primarily has to do with what may happen in the future, either near or distant. You know, that is anxiety. And what causes anxiety? Anxiety is caused by real or imagined threats to our well-being. No, sometimes there are really real threats, but sometimes, you know, the devil is just using our mind to, like, think of a lot of things that will give us a lot of anxiety and worries in our lives. Imagined. Even those uh, not real things, it will cause us to be anxious. We feel vulnerable and inadequately protected against these threats. What are these threats? Threats such as social rejection, right? I believe this is very... Um, you know, dominant and prevalent to our youth. Sometimes they just want to be accepted socially. So they're scared if they're going to, they, they look like this, they are scared that they're going to be rejected. And even all of us, we feel this sometimes, social rejection, physical injury, disease, poverty, death, and a wide range of other threats. You missed that, Brother Gilbert. <laughs> okay, what are those again? Social rejection, physical injury, disease, poverty, death, and wide range of other threats. Maybe the first uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, it's not there, but wide range of other threats. There's so many things. Anxiety, you know, has three main elements. Number one is insecurity. What is insecurity? Something bad is going to happen. You know, when you do, um, even sometimes when you like stand behind this pulpit or even when you teach, even when you have to do something, sometimes you're getting this anxiety too, you're insecure. Oh, 
what's going to happen? Am I really going to be, uh, um, you know, be useful to, to do this? Something bad is going to happen. Those thoughts come to our mind. Also, helplessness. What is helplessness? There is nothing I can do. We get anxious. We get so worried about so many things. We feel helpless and also isolation. There is no one to help me. There is no one to help me. Now, these causes may operate individually or in various combinations. Emotionally, they cause just as much anxiety if they are imagined as if they were real. So anxiety is a form of fear and must be recognized as such. With an understanding of the problem, now we are closer to overcoming it. So that's the first point. We just understood the problem. We all experience that anxiety in our lives. It is so real in our lives. So how can we overcome this? How can we overcome the problem? Let me just tell you this first thing. It is not a new thing. First of all, of course, we have to trust in God. Amen? Amen. Only two. Trust in God, and I will give you some practical um, applications later on. Trust in God. Amen? The moment you feel worry about such thing, start trusting God. Start praying to God. The best remedy is to deal with the problem's causes, not just the symptoms. And sometimes the main problem is sometimes we lose our trust in God. You know, our unbelief is starting. So what is the truth about insecurity, helplessness, and um, isolation with regard to the Christian? You know, while the Christian may feel insecure, let me tell you that the reality is that we are very secure. Amen? Amen? And these verses will just prove that. Proverbs 3, 21 to 26, My son, let not them depart from thine eyes, Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Amen? For the Lord shall be thy confidence. We can always put our confidence, we can always put our trust in God. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 4.16 also says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So while we feel sometimes that we are insecure and secure, let me tell you that we are always secure in God. Secondly, while the Christian may feel helpless, the reality is that we have a great help. There's always a lifeline. You just need to call it. Brother Glenn, What is the lifeline to God? Jeremiah 33.3, call unto me. Call unto me. That's his number. No, no, uh, no charge. Amen. While the Christian may feel helpless, the reality is that he has great help. Romans 8.31. What shall we say then? Uh, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be 
against us. Do you realize, do you really know that we are on God's side? Okay, you just have to believe. We are on God's side. If God is for us, who can be against us? Psalm 27, 5, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. That's the God we are serving. Now, while the Christian may feel isolated, the reality is we are, God is always by our side or at his side. There are a few verses that we would like to read. Psalm 23, verse 4, you know, very familiar. Um, the book of Psalm 23, all those six verses, I believe you all know it by heart. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Matthew 28, 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. If you like, there are times in your life that you are lonely, let, me, let us be reminded by God's word that it says, I am always with you. Hebrews 13, 5 to 6. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what men shall do unto me. I hope that we will experience those things in our life. And, you know, just recently I have learned that there are two ways that we can get to know the Word of God. It's either intellectually or experientially. Now, as we read these verses, are we just, oh, I've heard that verse. But the question is, can we apply this verse in our lives so that we can say, Lord, I have experienced that verse in my life. The Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You know, it makes a lot of difference if the Word of God is speaking to us, not just in our mind, but through our heart. So don't let the Word of God just speak to you intellectually, but make sure you experience it. Amen? Experientially. Because God is real, and He is always there to help us. So the remedy for anxiety is complete trust and confidence in God's ability to deal with anything that threatens us. Another verse that will encourage us, Isaiah 40, verse 31, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. I just remembered my message about going forward. Okay, so we're done with our series with going, but if I'm going to continue that series, maybe today is going downward because we're talking about anxiety. Right? But that verse just reminded us of that message. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Philippians 4.13, I can do not some things. I can do few things. Is that what the Bible says? No. I can do all things through Christ, which is strengtheneth me. You know, this is Brother Harvey's, um, Harvey's life verse. I can do all things. That's why they got married on April 13. Because that is Philippians 4.13. 
फिलीपीन pag umulan go pa rin sa church amen because we can do all things amen alright Deuteronomy 31 7 and 8 And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and of a good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee, he will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be dismayed. This is Moses talking to Joshua. You know, because Joshua is going to take the, the lead, take the baton. He's going to lead the Israelites to conquer a lot of lands. You know, and the encouragement of Moses to Joshua is, because we believe that Moses is very close with God. He had an encounter with God, remember, in that um, holy ground. You know, and he's always getting messages from God. And he is just relaying the very words of God himself, Jehovah, to Joshua. He said, the Lord, it is... It is It is he that will go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be this me. Now, can I tell you, can I speak like Moses to you right now? And you as Joshua. Amen? As if I am talking to you. And the Lord, he it is that will go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee. Let us remember that. Neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither. Be dismayed. That is the word of God. Amen. The more we learn about God, the more we know His infinite power in our lives and His concern for us. You know, the more we learn about God, and we just finished our, in our Bible study, we just finished our series of studying about the secret to have an abundant life. You know, there are six secrets. That we have learned the secret of living is bearing fruit the secret of bearing fruit is abiding the secret of abiding is obeying the secret of obeying is loving the secret of loving is knowing the secret of knowing is reading amen because the more we get to know god we will love him more we will serve him more we will trust him more amen the more we get to learn about god The more we know about His infinite power and His concern for us, then we will really rely our lives in Him. You know, 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. You know, the avenue of prayer is, an op is open to the Christian to request. From God. First John 5:14 it says, and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So trust God, pray to God, call on him, go to him when we are worried about things. God has promised also peace of mind to those who are willing to commit their anxieties to him. Another verse, John 16:33. These things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, 
but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Isn't that very true, that part? In the world, ye shall have tribulation. I don't know what kind of tribulation. You know, as a church, we can face this tribulation. As a family, there are tribulations that we are experiencing. As an individual Christian, we are experiencing this tribulation in our lives. And even as, a, as, a, as an individual, you know, trying to... Um, you know, keep up with a lot of things. There are so many tribulations in this life, but there's an encouragement again from his word. Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. First Peter 4.19 says, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. You know, if you yourself know that you are doing the will of God, you know, you can always rely on his power, whatever comes in our lives. You know, we've been hearing a lot of uh, just recently the will of God. If you're in the center of the will of God, you're in the safest place, right? The safest place here on earth is if you're in the will of God. But sometimes, you know, that's very true, you know, but imagine like literally if you're going to do your, the will of God, you feel like um, God is calling you to go to, there are lots of missionaries who went to Africa, you know, places where a lot of sickness so they're doing the will of god but they got sick and some of them died oh that's the safest place you're in the will of god but it means there you're in the safest will of god because yes terrible things are going to happen to us but in the sight of god we are still secured amen we get sick we get tired we get you know persecuted we get mocked that doesn't sound like safe but no that is actually safety as long as we are doing the perfect will of God. Safety is not being harmed. Safety is being in the will of God. Amen. Now, let's now go to some practical steps. Take these practical steps, and we will close with this. There are only seven. Amen? So, yes, trust in God, trust in God, trust in God. We hear that a lot. But what should we do? Should we start doing something? What are the things that we need to do? The first is, number one, read the Bible. Amen? Amen. If you're a Christian, if you're a member of this church, you know, God's perfect will for us in order for us to grow is to read the Bible. Amen. Read the Bible. You know, even though you're young, oh, that is just for a mature Christian. That is just for my um, you know, my parents, I don't want to read his word. I don't even understand it, you know, uh, with all the uh, old English usage of the Bible. I'm, I'm not going to read the Bible. No. If you want to lessen, minimize all those worries that we have in life, read his word. It is not just enough. We hear this a lot. You know, if we attend um, the Sunday school, the Bible studies, the preaching, Wednesday. Um, a lot of avenues now, but personally, we need to have our own time with God, reading His Word. Committing ourselves to God's safekeeping requires that we grow in our knowledge of God and love for Him. That's the most important thing we can do is study the Scriptures, pray, and meditate on God's promises to His faithful people. You know, I'm, I'm really so encouraged because we started again this year in our Bible study group, and I posted this in the, uh, as we start this year. I don't know if some other church members also started reading uh, the Word of God. But now we are in Chronicles. Um, 
You know, Chronicles has a lot of names. Uh, they are not complaining, but they were just telling me, Pastor, I can't, under there's nothing to understand. You know, reading those names, it's so hard. You know, but we are now in Chronicles, and actually, uh, I was planning to preach today about the life of Jabez, because we just read that this week, but Pastor Sam already preached that last Wednesday, that's why I had to like change, you know, direction. But I wanted to, Pastor Sam already mentioned that, because by reading, starting reading Chronicles, you read all the names, you know, it's going to bore you, it's uh, going to really make you tired, but if you just keep on going, that's when you will read the account of Jabez, like it's in the middle part of Chronicles. So the truth there is that if we just keep on reading, we will find, you know, precious gems in the Bible. Well, we believe that every part of the Bible is important, and it will speak to us. But, you know, that is the Word of God. You know, you don't need to understand everything. I remember Pastor Donnell saying, when you're reading the Word of God, it's like you're eating the physical food that we eat every day. We don't understand all the nutrients that we get from it, right? The, just the, basics one, the basic ones, and sometimes we know things about what we, from what we eat, but it's the same thing when we read His Word. Not everything will really, uh, we, we, we will really understand everything, but hopefully we will understand something, right, when we read things. But if we can like, understand a lot of things, there are so many resources that can really help us to understand His Word. But what I'm pointing out is, Man truly cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So our goal this year is to read the whole, um, I have a question to you, have you read the whole book, the whole Bible in your life? You know, um, we have a chance, read it. Romans 5, 14, 15, 4 says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. You know, we're not saying, oh, I've read the whole book, uh, that we're that spiritual already. No, that's not a guarantee. You know, it's all by God's grace. It's so hard, you know, to keep that commitment. But that's the first practical step in order for us to overcome anxiety and worries in life. Let us read his word. Amen. Amen. Let us read his word. Let us read his word. Secondly, be realistic. Practical step. Be realistic. Peace of mind does not depend on solving all the problems, righting all the wrongs, removing all the imperfections, or getting all we want. You know, the truth of the matter is there are things that we really cannot control in this life. Ecclesiastes 8, 16 to 17 says, When I applied my heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done upon the earth, for also there is that neither day nor night seeth sleep with his eyes, then I beheld all the work of God, that a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun, because though a man labor to seek it out, yet he shall not find it. Yea, further, though a wise man know to know it, yet shall he not be able to find it. That's the reality of life. You know, some things will not change, and we need to be realistic enough to accept that. There are problems, sad to say that there are no solutions. There are situations that must simply be lived through. You know, William James said, the art of being wise is the art of knowing 
what to overlook. Well, if you're gonna look to differently, that sounds, that's gonna sound like you know, something else. But Proverbs 19.11 also says, the discretion of a man defereth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. The discretion of a man. You know, sometimes it's so hard to like, know a lot of things. So we have to accept the reality. reality no realistic knowledge of our own limitations ought to cause us to relax and slow down. Besides, the noble art of getting things done is the noble art of leaving things undone. The wisdom of life consists in the elimination of non-essentials, Gladstone says. So we must learn to let go of some problems and allow God, like totally allow God to be in charge of them. First Peter 5, 7, casting all your care and Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Be realistic. Thirdly, be flexible. Amen? Be flexible. Change is inevitable. Change is very constant. We have got to be resilient, adaptable, and adjustable. Philippians 4, 11 to 12 says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound, Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer in it. And you know what? This is Apostle Paul speaking. I don't believe his life before, before when he never encountered Christ yet that he's like this kind of person. He's not flexible. He's just focused on one thing. Maybe if there's a day that he was, wasn't able to persecute Christians or kill Christians. Maybe he's getting, you know, upset or getting, I don't know. But after he encountered the Lord Jesus Christ, he became flexible in his life. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound everywhere in all things that I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. I have learned to be content in whatsoever state I am. So under stress, if we can bend we will surely break. So our faith must be in him who changes not. Amen? There are situations that we cannot change, but thank God because our God doesn't change. He's still focused in us. So number four, focus on the good cares. Minimize the unnecessary ones. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? Amen. Focus on the good cares. Minimize the unnecessary ones. In the Bible, cares can be either good or bad. What are the examples of these? The good cares are uh, 1 Corinthians 12.25. 1 Corinthians 12.25, there, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. This is a good care. Caring for our fellow brethren, care for one another. Second Corinthians eleven twenty eight. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Okay, speaking of caring one another, also Philippians two twenty. For I have no man like minded who will naturally care for your state. So the good care is when we care for one another. That's what the Bible is telling us. We have to care for one another. Think of others. Share and care. The bad is 
in Matthew 13, 22. What are these cares? He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. Can someone give me an example of this care of this world? <laughs> I'm sorry to put you in the spot. What are the cares of this world, Pastor Sam? Bills. Bills. <laughs> That's true. But that is something that we have to deal with, right? <laughs> we can't just ignore it. That's really a bad care. Okay, but the bad care, you know, sometimes people, especially, you know, the unbelievers, they are so um, consumed with all these things. I want to get rich. I want to have a lot of money. I want to, I want to be famous. I want to be popular. No, I want to get noticed. I want to do this, th those pleasures and luxury things. You know, those are the cares of this world. Um, and those are bad. We tend to become distracted by many relatively unimportant cares and don't care enough about the things we ought to. You know, when the mind is distracted by so many pursuits, it derives but little benefit from any of them. Really, only one thing is necessary. Luke 10, 41 and 42. Luke 10, 41 and 42. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. And what is that very needful at this moment? the sweet time with Jesus, the fellowship with the Lord, His Word, Jesus Himself. Jesus Himself is the very needful thing. Now, we are making so much effort into attaining a lot of pursuits in this world, but the question is, what are your efforts in attaining and pursuing the very needful one, our Lord Jesus Christ? What are our efforts? Amen. What matters most, Matthew 6, 33 and 34, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. The kingdom of God is the utmost priority. It is the needful thing. It is the thing that we have to really take care of. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You know that Matthew 6 is a lot of like, take therefore no thought about these things. It means don't, do not be anxious, do not be worried about all those things. Number six, I mean number five, learn to live one day at a time. Can we sing one day at a time? Amen. So to our onlineers, Sister Alice just sang it. The whole church. <laughs> One day at a time, sweet Jesus, all I'm asking from you, Lord, me every day to do. I should have asked the Manalo girls. Yesterday's Gone, sweet Jesus. Tomorrow, 
never be mine. Lord, help me today. Show me the way one day at a time. You know, like literally some other people are just applying that song in their lives. Literally, one day at a time. You know, especially those who are in the hospital bed, those who are really in a very unfortunate situation, one day at a time. Learn to live one day at a time. Proper use of today diminishes anxiety about tomorrow. Anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its worries and sorrows. It only empties today of its strengths. Worry is the interest paid on trouble before it falls due. Many, if not most, of our fears will not turn out to be unfounded. You know what uh, Winston Churchill said on his deathbed, that he had a lot of trouble in his life. Most of them never happened. So let us live one day at a time. Number six, down to our last two, stay busy. Amen? Stay busy. You know, in our church, I'm blessed if you need to, like, um, uh, I heard from one of our, in our Bible study, um, one of our attenders says, I need to, like, write something in order for me to get busy. Because sometimes if you're just looking at the screen, right, the tendency is you're going to fall asleep while listening to the lesson. So I have a solution for you. Do something that will make you busy. Write down notes, you know. Get your Bible, get a notebook, get a pen. So while the... Teachers listening online, you know, it's hard to get focused. Write down notes. Do something that will make you busy. You know, anxiety and idleness often go hand in hand. Despair is a form of laziness. You know, and when I say busy, make yourself busy, make sure we do something that is worthwhile. Okay, because we can be doing a lot of things that will make us be, oh, I can't, I can't do that. I can't serve God because I'm busy doing this. But that doing this is, you know it, okay? Something that will, that is not really that important, okay? Blessed is the person who is too busy to worry in the daytime and too sleepy to worry at night, okay? This is not something that is new to us. Blessed is the person who is too busy to worry in the daytime. You're, you're just, you know, working so hard. That's why you don't have time to worry about things. And at night, you know, you have a sound sleep because... You can't worry anymore because you're just tired. You just want to get rest, you know. Don't waste time in doubts and fears. Spend yourself in the work before you. Well assured that the right performance of these souls, of these hours' duties will be the best preparation for the hours or ages that follow, Ralph Waldo Emerson says. So don't waste time in doubts. Don't waste time in fears. You know, there should be a time where, you know, sometimes we will experience that, but we, there should be a time, I, I hope there's like a buzzer, oh, okay, I'm, I'm worrying too much. Okay, I'm doubting too, too long. You know, the word of God will give us that. You know, John 6, 20, there are so many verses in the Bible that says, fear not. You know, it's not new to us that uh, some says that there are 365 times in the Bible that uh, the Bible says, fear not. Some people say it's 366, so it's, uh, when it's leap year, there's also, also that day also is covered. You know, but I just took one. John 6, 20 says, but he saith unto them, it is I, be not afraid. 
This is a story where the disciples are getting so afraid because of the storms, because of the waves and in the sea. But the Lord Jesus Christ says, it is I, be not afraid. We're in the storm. God is there with us. Amen. Jesus Christ is always there with us. Number seven, learn contentment. This is the last one. A lesson Paul had learned, Philippians 4, 11 to 13. We have read that already. Not that I speak in respect of one, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere, and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Let us learn how to be content. Was there a moment in our life this week where we felt like, oh, I, I wish I'm like that. I wish I'm as beautiful as that person in Instagram. But I'm always... Okay, there are so many things that we'll sh the world is going to show us that will make us really, you know, wanting more and more and more. You know, when you are looking for money, when you have that am amount of money in your hands, you're not going to be satisfied. You're going to ask for more. You want more. As long as I have a million dollars in my bank account, I think I'm going to be satisfied. And once you have that million dollars, is there anyone here who has million dollars in their bank account? Once you have that million dollars, well, guess what? You're going to want more and more. Because this world, you can find no satisfaction. You can only find true satisfaction in Jesus, in God. Amen. We need to be able to rejoice in the Lord. Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The Christian ought to be able to see the silver lining in the darkest cloud. So when a problem produces anxiety within us, the very best thing we can do than bathe the problem in two things is reverence and gratitude. Reverence is Go to God and respect Him. Be amazed by Him. So in conclusion, the Christian is given the means to deal with anxiety. Peace that comes through prayer, our text, Philippians 4, 6-7, and reassuring confidence from trusting in God. Whenever the feelings of insecurity, helplessness, and isolation produce anxiety, let us remember to focus on putting our trust in God. Read the Bible, amen, be realistic, be flexible, focus on the good cares, minimize the unnecessary ones, learn to live one day at a time, stay busy, especially in the work of God, and learn contentment. Let us learn to be content. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Lord, um, just by reading all those encouraging words from your diary from your Bible, Lord, it just, it will already encourage us. And Lord, I just pray that you will be the one to really move in our hearts. Lord, we believe that you are alive, that you are real. Your person is real. Your power is real. Your presence is real in our lives. And Lord, it is given that there are times that we feel worried about things, that um, we just want to stop what we're doing. But Lord, as we wait upon you, 
help our strength and our devotion and our commitment be renewed. Help us to always have uh, the courage and the boldness and that we will be strengthened. And I know that you will use your word for us to keep on going. And you will also use other people for us to be encouraged. That's why it's important for a Christian to keep the fellowship with one another. With, with one another. And while we're in this pandemic, Lord, I know that there are um, things that we cannot do. But Lord, by your grace and your mercy and your intervention in us, Lord, I pray that we'll still be able to do them. And Lord, we just recognize your help for us in times of need. Lord, um, truly there are times where we are just at the end of our rope. We don't know what to do in our lives, but I know that you have that still small voice that will always give us the comfort, that will always give us the peace of mind, that truly that you have never left us. You're always there for us. Lord, thank you so much for this whole day that we were able to spend time with you, spend time with our fellow believers, spend time around your word, with your word. And I pray, Lord God, that as we face another um, week, Lord, as we face another day in our lives, that we will always look up to you, your your uh, movement in our life and even your appearing as we look forward like lord god to those things i know that it will give us the strength and the comfort to live righteously to live abundantly and to live joyfully in this darkened world may you be glorified lord in christ most precious name amen and amen. Thank you so much. <clears throat>